Hey there, it's Jim Stengel, host of the CMO Podcast. We're all marketers here, so let's be real for a sec. We all know that your website shouldn't be a static asset. It should be a dynamic part of your strategy to build your brand and drive conversions. That's Marketing 101. But 54% of marketing leaders say web updates take too long. That's over half of you listening right now. And that's where Webflow comes in. Their visual-first platform allows you to build, launch, and optimize web pages fast. That means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge. Learn why teams like Dropbox, IDEO, and Orange Theory all trust Webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com. Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. Samantha, what's the first brand you remember making an impact on you as a young girl? That's easy. Stelladoro S cookies. They were breakfast treats that my mom used to get for us. And of course, I thought that they were S for Samantha. I still Uh, remember she kept them in this yellow Tupperware because the cellophane always used to rip when we would open up the package. Oh, I think I'm getting a call. Oh, go ahead and take Um, it. This is Cookie Monster. Uh, Cookie, I'm a little busy right now. Hi, Jim. Hi, Samantha. Uh, Sorry, me calling in late. Cookie Monster, I didn't know you were joining our podcast. Well, me friend Samantha said she was having fun CMO talk, so me expert CMO. You are? Yeah, yeah, of course. CMO, Chief Munching Officer. Hi, I'm Jim Stengel, and I help major brands find their purpose and activate it, and the profits follow. For seven years, I was the global marketing officer for Procter & Gamble, where I oversaw the marketing of hundreds of brands. You may not know it, but the CMOs, the chief marketing officers of all of your favorite brands, are trying to connect you with your favorite products and services through purpose. And on this show, I delve into how they do it. My guest today on the CMO Podcast is Samantha Malton, EVP and chief marketing officer of Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit educational organization behind Sesame Street which reaches, by the way, 156 million kids across 150 countries. Sesame Workshop was founded in 1969 with a purpose to help kids everywhere grow smarter, stronger, and kinder. And that purpose lives on today. My guest, Samantha, is no stranger to media and content. She worked 15 years at Viacom, starting at Nickelodeon, and then four years at A&E. Samantha has been CMO at Sesame Workshop for about three years. She is a graduate of the University of Michigan, where she studied politics and French with some time at the Sorbonne in Paris. Samantha is happy to be back in France. This episode was recorded at the Canline International Festival of Creativity. This is my interview on a sunny day where we're sweeping the clouds away. Here's Samantha Malt. Samantha, welcome to the CMO Podcast, a special can edition. And by the way, welcome back to France. Thank you for having me. You were here as a student, correct? I was. I was. Is this a bit of a different experience where you're staying and what you're eating and so on versus when you were a student years ago? Absolutely. (laughs) It's a slightly different budget, uh, although nonprofit, so perhaps not. (laughs) Not that different. (laughs) Well, we're recording this, of course, in the middle of can week. So I thought we'd start with a little bit of a can lion's lightning round. 
right? So the first one, is this your first trip to Cannes for the festival? This is my first trip to Cannes Festival. I was here once before, um, but really just doing counter-programming on the outside. So this will be a good lightning round. So what's your first impression? First of all, this is an incredible place to be. Just incredible. The work is astonishing. But the conversations that I've been having here are so powerful. And I think, you know, I spent the weekend with the IRG which was Institute a, for Real Growth. They did a, a, an offsite up in the mountains before we came down here. Yes. Yeah, it's and a gathering of CMOs. Just talking about how to bring purpose into brands. And it's really not just about the zeitgeist, right? It was the first time that I heard leaders talking about actually affecting the operations of their business and, and down to the supply chains, not just a social impact initiative, if you will, but really really making a difference. And business growth, right? Driving business growth, yes. How many hours of sleep are you averaging this week? More than I normally get because I have small children. Oh, so this is a little bit of a holiday for you. Actually, the most consecutive sleep that I've gotten in quite a while. You're the only one say, in Cannes who's doing that. I am that. the only one. I am the only one. So what, five, six hours? Yeah, yeah, about five. Well done. Which is an excellent night's sleep for me. I remember those days. Yes. Have you bumped into any Muppets at late night events? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Not yet. Cookies just, you know, makes an appearance on my phone every once in a while, but no, I haven't seen any Well, I hope here. Cookie doesn't interrupt this podcast. What's the best presentation you've attended or participated in so far? So we had a panel from She Runs It on mental health, and that is very near and dear to my heart at this moment because it's the next big impact area that Sesame Workshop is tackling. Um, so I could talk about all of the fabulous, creative, and incredible panels inside the Palais that I'm sure others of, of your guests will, but I do want to mention this one because I think it's important uh, to talk about this. It's something that, you know, particularly over the last few years, given everything that's been going on in the world, the pandemic, social unrest in the U.S., um, and just the the trauma that people have gone through and, and endured, this is an incredibly important issue. And we were talking about that and how it relates to employees, um, as well as, you know, not just the content, but um, how we're how we're helping the families inside and outside of our company. We may talk about that later, but the next question on the lightning round is most interesting person you have met. Here in Cannes. The most interesting person I met is Rachel Tipograph from Micmac. Um, I actually did know her, but I have to note her because every time I speak to her, I feel like I get smarter. And every time she shares an insight with me, she has turned it into a new business uh, or revenue stream two months later. Oh, wow. Hey, any brand or company that is standing out for you in the festival this year? Yes, Dole Sunshine Company. Oh, say more. I love what Rupin has put forth as their mission and purpose and how he has literally driven their business growth but made their company promise something that, you know, for me as a mother of two very young children, um, it is going to leave the world in a better place for them. I love how he has taken 
um, their core business goals um, and and literally through the entire operating chain down to the growers um, has made such a difference in how they are growing, how they're delivering. Um, and and it's been really eye-opening, I think, for many other marketers. This is why we come to Can, right? I mean, we see a lot of work, but we also meet people like that. We hear their story and inspires us to go back and elevate our standards and work maybe a bit differently. And by the way, he was a former guest on this podcast, and he told that story beautifully. So for our listeners, scroll through and listen to that recording. He's a lovely guy, and he's a great storyteller, and he's doing amazing work at Dole. Any new learning this week or learning that's been affirmed as you make your way around through the various people and seminars and presentations and work? The thing that stands out to me the most is how all of the creative is really coming back to what is important in people's lives today. It's no longer about just selling a product. It can't be. It can't be because anyone watching, any customer demands more. And that's coming through in all the work that I'm seeing here, in all the work, in all the discussions that we've been having with marketing leaders this whole week. Um, that's really a different, it's a, it's a different point in time. I interviewed Mel Selker earlier this week, and she's the LinkedIn CMO. She said, when we look at our database, and it's the best and biggest database in the world about work and, and skills and careers and so on, she said, it's really rising to levels that we've never seen before, that people care about the values and the purpose of the company they work for. And the younger they are, the more they care. And they care because that's a company they want to be a part of. And by the way, that's good for the brand and will result in better brands. Yes, this next generation, they're not going to just buy your products to buy your products. They demand more. And I have seen that really coming through. It's a good thing. There. Now, we're in Cannes, and you have to wear a badge in Cannes. You can't get into anything without the badge, right? So you're, you're wearing your badge, and it shows your company and your picture and your name. So when you're making your way around Cannes this week and people see your badge and see Sesame Workshop, what are they saying to you? Well, you have to know that my badge has the Muppets on my badge. Oh, well, okay. Which is fantastic because I Probably have- Probably a more emotional reaction with the picture. Yes, definitely a more emotional reaction. And I think, look, everyone around the world- knows Sesame Street and loves Sesame Street. What they don't know is that Sesame Workshop is the global nonprofit behind Sesame Street. And we're not just a show. We're an organization with a mission to help kids grow smarter, stronger, and kinder, which is also not just a tagline, right? We say smarter in terms of the basic fundamentals of academics, um, literacy, and numeracy. We say stronger in terms of health, and resilience, and we say kinder in terms of empathy, respect, and understanding. We do so much work in communities around the world. People don't know that side of our organization. They see the show, um, but the show fuels all of the mission work that we do in communities. We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. 
From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. If you listen to my podcast, and I think you do, you know this next question is coming. Samantha, what's the first brand you remember making an impact on you as a young girl? That's easy. Stelladoro S cookies. They were breakfast treats that my mom used to get for us. And of course, I thought that they were S for Samantha. I still Uh remember she kept them in this yellow Tupperware because the cellophane always used to rip when we would open up the package. Oh, I think I'm getting a call. Oh, go ahead and um, take this it. is Cookie Monster. Uh, Cookie, I'm a little busy right now. Hi, Jim. Hi, Samantha. Uh, sorry, me calling in late. Cookie Monster, I didn't know you were joining our podcast. Well, me friend Samantha said she was having fun CMO talk. So, me expert CMO. You are? Yeah, yeah, of course. CMO, Chief Munching Officer. Yeah, okay, let's get this cookie convo going. What's your favorite cookie? I was just telling Jim, Stella Doro S cookies. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, and you, Jim? I like all cookies, Cookie Monster, and I like you, but my favorite is chocolate chip and really big ones that are crispy on the outside and chewy on the inside and have big, big pieces of chocolate. Oh, me love that one. Yeah, that's spoken like true CMO. Yeah. That's great, Cookie, but I'd like to know what you could tell us about marketing. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get your cookies somewhere, so me favorite market is Hooper's Store. Yeah, what the cookie selection? No, 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 Cookie Monster. Marketing. You know, building brand awareness. This is a marketing podcast. I'm the CMO Chief Marketing Officer at Sesame Workshop. Oh, Oh, marketing. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, me can pivot. Uh, let's see. What are we talking here? Uh, we talking SEO, uh, halo effect, uh, what the ad buy and reach, huh? Oh, and don't get me started on qualitative and quantitative studies. We could go on for days. Wow, I'm impressed, Cookie. Cookie. you're amazing. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, but, uh, you know what? Me think we're going to leave the marketing to you, CMOs, and the cookies to this CMO. Have fun podcast because it's time for me to have cookies. Yeah, we got to get as many cookies in by end of fiscal for quarterly reports. Bye-bye. Okay, Samantha. So does Cookie call you like every day? (laughs) You know, my kids think that Cookie works upstairs. Now during the pandemic, you know, we've been upstairs working in the office and they still do think he's up there. So we're going to resume this podcast, but is like, is Elmo going to call asking about the metaverse and AI and virtual reality? Is that what's next? Elmo is getting vaccinated next week. Oh. So it's very exciting. We're working with the Ad Council on a big campaign. Last year, we had uh, Louie, Elmo's daddy, get vaccinated and Big Bird a few months ago because he's six, but Elmo's three and a half. And this is a really uh, exciting time. So we've shot a spot. It's releasing next week. Um, we're very excited about that and, ver- and grateful to our partner at Council for helping us get that out there. Is Elmo nervous? Very nervous. Uh, yeah. But he knows it's just going to be a little pinch. Yeah. And that video, we hope, 
will be a great resource for parents talking to their children who might be a little nervous. Do you talk much with the Muppets in your day-to-day work? (laughs) All the time. (laughs) Do you know the Muppets? Are they good at strategy? They're good at strategy, but they are really great at delivering messages that humans can't. They have a special connection with not just kids, but with parents. And they're able to open hearts and minds in a really different way. And they've been doing that forever. Over since 50 the beginning. Years, since the it's beginning. An, yeah. 53 years. Okay, let's talk more about being the CMO of this uh, of Sesame Workshop, which is a brand that is iconic, and that's an understatement. Do you just pinch yourself that you're working on this brand every day? I mean, it must be. I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. This and, is my dream job. Yeah. So tell us more about that. I oversee a team of people that is everything from audience development to communications, events, and also the brand creative, which is really exciting because I'm working with a team that is literally drawing the characters, building the Muppets, bringing new characters to the street. It's a very exciting job. Tell us how that works. I mean, it's we're talking about creativity here in Cannes and your company is up there in anyone's list of creative companies. So we need to talk about that. So how do you keep that culture of such your purpose driven? We've heard you've, you've already articulated that purpose, but how do you keep that culture of endless creativity? You know, Sesame Workshop is a very special place. People stay for many, many years. I've got folks on my team who have been there for 30 years, 25 and 30 years. Um, And everyone is incredibly passionate about our mission. Everything that we work on, the media and the content and the expressions of our brand that come through in products or in theme parks, all of that fuels the work that we do in communities, helping a child be ready for school helping a more vulnerable child actually have access to education, perhaps their only access to education. And I think that the end result, seeing that impact Mm. with the child, being able to have Zari in India actually have an education, that is what fuels everybody. That's what keeps us all going because the work is so meaningful whether it's helping refugee families resettle, getting them access to early learning, that's really what keeps everyone motivated and inspired. I suspect you have continuity. You said people stay a long time. They believe in your purpose. My guess is they bring their whole self to work. I don't have any data on that, but my guess is people come in and they bring everything. What's your lessons for other leaders and listeners who you know, your, maybe your brand, your company, it, maybe it's easier to activate the purpose on a company like yours. I don't know. But what are the lessons you have for other leaders about building such an incredible culture that has stood the test of time, decades and decades and decades? Listen. Listen to what's going on with your employees and listen to what's going on with your audience. There's no better way to understand what's motivating your people and allow them to do their best work without 
understanding what's going on in their life day to day. We have so many employees around the world, and each of them are experiencing really different things from the pandemic to, you know, what's going on in each specific territory. Everyone is dealing with trauma. Everyone is dealing with highs and lows and being able to provide, you know, the most flexibility to our employees and show up for them in the way that they need is the way to build the most inclusive environment. We do spend a lot of time talking about that. We do from DE&I training to health and wellness um, programs for our employees, just understanding that uh, really helps us. And then in our content, thinking about what our audience needs Everything that we do is grounded in rigorous research. We don't get out of bed without asking you know, a preschooler and their parent, what's going on with them? What's keeping you up at night? What do you need? And we think about that in terms of everything that Sesame does. It's how we think about what impact areas we're going to move forward with. So school readiness, for example, has always been you know, our main impact area. We know that there's a body of research that can show that the science in a child's brain development from zero to five is the most important time to reach them, to get them ready, and will set them up for life. The second area that we focus on is inclusion and belonging. That is at the foundation of Sesame Street. From the beginning, from our origins, right? We were founded on mutual respect and inclusion, and we've continued to build out the Sesame Street community with new characters, and that's really at the the heart of it. And mental health will be our next big area of focus. I was looking at your site before our interview, and I noticed that you have these seven areas of focus, and you're going through some of them right now. Uh, You also have autism and traumatic experience. How do you, of all the things you're hearing and listening to with families and children, how do you decide which areas to focus? We could focus on so many things, Jim. We really could. We always think first through the lens of a child, what is the most important thing that we could possibly be providing? What, how could we get them ready with early education And what are the barriers to that? So in certain territories, that might be displacement, for example, which is why we have efforts with refugee families, because it's about providing early learning in places where people don't have access. Do you know that only 2% of humanitarian funding goes to early childhood development? 2%. If we could just double that, that would make such an impact. So- We think very hard about where can we have the most impact, and that provides a very clear filter for us for how and where we show up in the world. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. Tell us a story. You're obviously loving your work. 
Tell us the story of how you got together. How did you find Sesame? How did they find you? I have always felt that Sesame was the gold standard in education. And I spent my whole career, almost my whole career in media and entertainment, um, starting at Viacom where I was at Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. And so I became an expert in the kids and family space early on, loved every moment of my time in media and entertainment and worked on everything from licensing consumer products where I learned about the manufacturing side of things and geeked out about operations like I know more about polypropylene toothbrush handles than you ever want to know. And then moved into marketing and had a lot of different international and domestic roles, always at the intersection of building up a brand and monetizing that brand. And then I moved to history and made a, a change to a different demographic. And my intention there was to be able to run brand creative and have that other side. You know, I came up on the business side. I wanted with a partner in creative and I wanted to be able to oversee the whole thing, right? The strategy and the, the implementation. Um, and I've loved every moment of that. After that, I took a slight detour to a data science firm, always with the intention of learning more. You know, I wanted to go deeper in data and analytics and that was like a PhD in data science, although I would never say that to the people there because they literally used to work at NASA and shoot lasers at the moon. So, Why did you make that career choice? Was it to develop you a different part of you? Yeah, I, I'm a continuous learning mm -hmm. buff. Yeah. I am very curious. It's the thing that drives me, that keeps me you know, motivated. So in every role, I've always taken a job to learn more. And people have fortunately taken chances on me to give me those opportunities. But the things that have been the most impactful for me are when I am able to make a difference in the world. And so early on, that might have been the social impact program, that might have been the Halo Awards for Nickelodeon. But what brought me to Sesame is the opportunity to do that at scale. You've been CMO about three years. It's been a tumultuous three years. It has. So I'd like to understand how your role and scope may have changed over that three years. Because you've been through everything. You started a bit before COVID. And we've had social issues, environmental issues, war, COVID, and on and on. So tell us just how your work, your scope, your priorities have shifted over those three years. So my scope has expanded quite a bit since I started at Sesame. I started with a small brand strategy team and brand creative, and then I built out several functions that we didn't have and we desperately needed. Um, so I built out a data strategy and infrastructure. Um, I built out an audience development team so that we could more deeply understand who our audience is and not just parents of preschoolers, but who are the people that we can bring in to our brand? Who are the people who are watching? Who are the people who want to give back and donate? And then I will say that so much has changed in the world, but not much has changed about the principles of Sesame and what we do and what we stand for. In fact, I feel like the world needs Sesame more yeah. than ever now because this is 
core to who we are, what has been going on, you know, supporting children and families, whether it comes to health and resilience or inclusion and belonging, these are all at the, it's part of our DNA at Sesame. What are your priorities right now? Sort of when you go back from Cannes to your team, I mean, what are the three or four things or two things, whatever, that you are, that are really important for you moving forward? So the next major initiative for Sesame Workshop will be around mental health, around mm-hmm. emotional well-being. And social-emotional learning has always been a core part of Sesame's curriculum. But now looking at that in a more acute manner, there's trauma. There's trauma as a context. And so this is becoming even more important. We know from our own research We've been working with advisors over the last two years globally to look at how can we address mental health through the lens of a child again and think about, you know, whether that is just how to identify because in a child it could just look like misbehaving, right? And then how to provide the right tools and resources to caregivers and to providers to help them, whether that is belly breathing or looking at a glitter jar, making glitter jars with your child so that when the glitter settles, they can settle too, but being there for that. We know that this is a very, very top of mind issue for parents. Um, We've partnered with others on research. The Family Room has just shown us some data globally that mental health has jumped from the number 10 issue with parents to the number two issue in a matter of two years. This is in the news all the time, and I'm I'm trying to be optimistic about it. There's a lot of good things happening, like your organization's work and and others as well. What do you think is, you, you look at all this data, what do you think is going on? Has it always been there and we're more aware of it? It's always been there, but it's been amplified by things that have happened in the world and by you know social media and everything that we read about every day. What's your perspective on that? You know, I think a few things. I think that there's a stigma around mental health. I think that it's something that people have not been able to talk about. I mean, you know, uh, the Ad Council just did a fantastic campaign, Seize the Awkward, mm-hmm. um, which I think is doing so much yeah. to help people understand how to talk to people about their mental health, how to check in. Um, and that goes, that's the same when you bring it down to the demographic that Sesame Workshop deals with, with preschoolers. Not only do you have to check in, I mean, sometimes they don't have the language to say what's going on. So you have to understand how to recognize that, how to check in with your child and, and how to be there for them um, with, with the resources that we're providing. Samantha, you talked a little earlier in this podcast about your purpose, help kids be stronger, smarter, kinder. It's so good. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about, you have a large global organization and everyone struggles with kind of bringing their purpose to life with everyone throughout the larger organization and taking it down to daily work and reinforcing it. So I'd like you to speak about what you have learned and what your top team has learned about making this purpose everyone's so that they feel, I mean, it's, I guess your purpose is so good, it's probably not that hard for people to feel it. But then how does it come to life in the work? That's kind of where I think it's the people that are activating purpose and really seeing great results for their consumers, customers, in your case, children and all those stakeholders, really do 
ask people to innovate and to work in a different way. So any learning from you about how this purpose comes to life in your larger organization? This is something that I feel really passionate about. I don't think I could ever work in a place where my own personal purpose didn't align with the organization's. And in this case, I come from a family of do-gooders. They're doctors, environmental scientists. And coming up in entertainment, I always used to joke, they're saving the world and I'm entertaining it. (laughs) (laughs) They're both important. But it took me a long time to get to this place. And I feel that anyone in their roles needs to be using their positions and their brands to help people in the world, whatever that may be. In our case, it's educating children and families and giving them access to early education. The way that comes to life for us globally, we have so many partners that we work with. We have different co-productions of Sesame Street in every country. So Sesame Street looks very different in each country. Mm. And the issues that children and families are facing may vary from country to country. Certainly in some of the regions where we're dealing with massive displacement. But at the end of the day, it's really just about helping children and their families, no matter what the barrier to that is, whether we're dealing with parental addiction, incarceration, any of these types of issues that we tackle here in the US, or whether we're dealing with access to clean water, like our WASH initiative in India, where that might have been a barrier to a child being able to go to school. It's so impressive. I mean, where, where did, I mean, you said you're from a family of do-gooders. So where did all this begin with you? This um, obviously inspiration you have to make a difference and to work in the kind of work you're doing right now. You know, when I was growing up and basically every time I'm with my family, my dad always has said to me, so what are you doing? How are you helping people? And it's become more and more important to me, you know, as I grow older and with every new role that I take on. And it's a big reason why I came to Sesame Workshop, to be able to do this kind of work. Yeah. And your dad's a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. So we've just had this discussion about your purpose. I'd like you to reflect a little bit about who's a leader or some leaders or people who've inspired you in your life to come to the way you are and the things that you value. Jim, there are so many people that I admire and have learned from. Leaders who I don't personally know but follow and think are extraordinary. And then those who have I've been fortunate enough to work with and have mentored me, like Pam Kaufman, who was my boss for many years and a dear mentor to me. My current boss, Sherry Weston, was the first CMO. I'm now fortunate enough to be the second, but to be working for her still uh, and sharing that. And then a very special person who helped me very early in my career, Samantha Freeman, who from my first job used to take me aside and teach me every day. It was like business school, you know, here's how you do a PL. Every single day spent extra time with me. And I'm forever grateful to her. She helped propel my career. 
Okay, we're going to move to the creative brief. We're here in Cannes, and we're going to focus on the last questions on creativity. So the first question is, when are you most creative? I'm most creative in the middle of the night. Oh, my. Usually when, when I'm the up kids are with up. one of my kids <laughs> and putting them back to sleep, then I have this epiphany. <laughs> Combination of, I don't know, exhaustion. Yes. Caring. Right. Yes. Working on something important. That's exactly. when creativity comes. What's the most creative initiative or project or campaign that you have worked on in your career? I think I will choose my most my most creative campaign. I, I want to mention the DoorDash Super Bowl partnership because, first of all, we did this incredible spot, a remake of The People in Your Neighborhood with David Diggs, which was fantastic. Um, just such a high energy, high impact spot, but with such meaning and such purpose because DoorDash, our partner, gave back. They gave $1 to Sesame Workshop for every order that was inspired mm -hmm. through people watching the Super Bowl. So 100 million people saw that spot. I would never have access to that kind of paid spot at a nonprofit. I don't have the big budgets that I had when I was in media and entertainment. I have to rely on yeah. earned partnerships. I have to rely on um, how others are helping me lift the mission and the brand. So that was just such a fun spot. Remaking the people in your neighborhood, something that everyone grew up with. Um, David Diggs is, is just I remember my well. favorite. It was amazing. No, no, that's, that's creativity. We talk an awful lot about when do you when do you you know it when you see it you know it when you see it that was creativity. I'll also say the latest. I don't know. I know you're a father. Yeah. If you saw our Father's Day collaboration with P and G on Friends, we did a parody of Friends, which was a lot of fun to make. Yeah, P and G does good good stuff with our Muppets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, what's a creative campaign at large that has really struck you and moved you? at some point in your life. Dove Real Beauty. Mm -hmm. I Which think is already like 20 years old, right? Isn't it amazing? It is one of the most powerful campaigns for me as a woman to see. Um, I think many other women would answer that way. Yeah, they do. They do. It's, uh, it's a common answer to that question. And they've stuck with it. That's the thing about them. They haven't walked away from it. They just keep getting better at bringing it to life. When did you develop your conviction that creativity was really important? in what you do in business and brand building and in your current role? I think I've always had a brain that is business and creative. From even when I was a kid, I had a lot of odd jobs. Growing up? <laughs> Growing up, I, I was always hustling. You know, I was selling knives through Cutco Cutlery or I was, uh, you know, selling candy at school. Whatever it was, I, I felt like I had to have a campaign <laughs> Um, my lemonade stand, you know, had ad commercials next to it. So I think that's always been a part of, of who I am. Who's the most creative person you have ever met? I had a brilliant creative director at History, Pablo Polito. And the way that he saw things, I wish that I could be in his brain. Hmm. Just the way he saw the world, the way, the way he, saw. he saw the world, the way he brought creative to life. Why was he so effective? He just thought differently about whatever it was we were doing. We were, I remember working on a Bible campaign with him and you would think you would have all this 
religious imagery. And he just took a completely different approach and created this beautiful animation of water moving and the circle of life with symbolism. And it was such a different interpretation. Mm. And I think he was a really brilliant creative to work with. What brand inspires you today for its creativity? So many brands inspire me. This is a tough question. The one that hits me at this very moment, just because my audience development team brings them as an example to me every day, is Duolingo. They're doing a phenomenal job mm -hmm. of building community. Yeah. On They're blowing up on TikTok. The way that they have mm -hmm. taken their character owl and just created a whole world, it's, it's brilliant. How do you work to improve your creativity? I try and put myself in situations that I wouldn't ordinarily be in. I try and take myself out of my day-to-day -day business mm -hmm. and you know, go to an art exhibit or go be a DJ, learn how to be a DJ or something completely different out of my comfort zone so that I can just open my mind in a different way. So are your two small children Sesame Street fans? They are. They are huge Sesame Street fans. My daughter loves Elmo. My son loves Cookie. There I go. And I told you, they still think Cookie's upstairs in my <laughs> office. Don't, don't dispel that dream yet. Samantha, this has been so good. I'll give you the last word. Anything for me before we sign off? I think I would say for other marketers, I hope that they have this sense of doing good in the world. Mm -hmm. Call it purpose, call it whatever you want. Purpose perhaps is overused these mm -hmm. days, but just aligning with something that you care about and making sure that whatever you're putting out into the world, your product, your service, that it's doing good in some way for someone. I'm so grateful to be working for an organization that is able to help so many children and families around the world. I love that. And I think, by the way, I have a strong passion and commitment and the data supports this. When you do that, if you're in a commercial business, the business does get better. And the organizations that really believe that, I think, are the ones that we admire and that, that are thriving and that are attracting people and investors. Samantha, good luck to you. I'm Cookie Monster can interrupt us anytime. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a pleasure. And I wish you all the best in the rest of Can and beyond that. And do stay in touch. Thank you again. You were very generous. And this was very inspiring. Thanks, Jim. That was my conversation with Samantha Malton. Three takeaways from this one for your business brand and life. And the first one is you'll be in your dream job if you find a company whose values are basically the same as yours. Samantha is in her, as she says, her dream job because she said my values and the values of Sesame Workshop are perfectly aligned. Second takeaway, when your purpose is really relevant for people, step into it and step up. Samantha talked about the world needing Sesame Workshop's purpose, and she and her organization and their partners are stepping up. The recent focus on mental health is a really, really good example of that. Third takeaway, be a great partner. Sesame Workshop is a great partnership company. Their purpose is clear, that's a fundamental, and they attract really great partners and they seek the win-win. She quickly and easily talked about some of the most creative and best partnerships they have at Sesame Workshop. And bonus takeaway, Cookie Monster is my new favorite CMO, Chief Munching Officer. 
That's it for this episode of the CMO Podcast. If you found this helpful and entertaining, I would be so grateful if you could share our show with your friends. And I would be super happy if you subscribed so you can be updated as we publish new episodes. And if you really want to help, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.